Welcome to Sports Medicine Weekly on 670 The Score, your on-air resource for fitness, nutrition, and injury prevention and treatments for today's weekend warrior and professional athletes with renowned specialist of elbows, knees, and shoulders, Dr. Brian Cole, along with other health and fitness leaders, and your host, Steve Cashel. Sports Medicine Weekly, heard every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. right here on 670 The Score. And good morning, everyone. Here we go, another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning morning. So happy you're with us. I'm Steve Cashel, Chicago Bulls radio host, joined this week with Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph. He is the orthopedic surgeon, sports medicine specialist with Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, filling in this week for one of his partners, Dr. Brian Cole, my usual co-host. Dr. Chuck, thanks so much for filling in. Appreciate it. Steve, it's always a pleasure here on a Saturday morning. Great, great, great. Well, we've got a lot to do. We'll finish it off with our Ask the Doctor segment. Always popular. We'll tell you you can get involved. But uh, we're going to start right now with uh, a gentleman that I've gotten to know uh, quite well uh, ever since probably August, September, because our sons play on the same hockey team. And I have to give them a little plug because they, not long ago, won the state championship. They're 14U. They play for Bantam AA for the Chicago Hawks. And my son, Corey... And Dr. Bill Hadesman is going to be our next guest here. And Dr. Hadesman's son, Alexander, they were victorious. And now they're going on to South Bend, Indiana, coming up uh, next week. This is coming this coming week for the Nationals. They got an automatic entry. So what a season it's been, hasn't it, Dr. Bill? Uh, it's, been, it's been exciting. It really has. It's been quite a ride. And Dr. Uh, Hadesman, oh, go ahead. No, just particularly at such a highly competitive level. It's, it's been fun. It has, and he is an orthopedic surgeon. You know, you go back with uh, with Dr. Bill as well, Chuck, right? Uh, Dr. Bill and I go back almost thir- over 30 years, actually. Really? We both went to Michigan together. He's from the Hadesman Orthopedics Clinic in Elmhurst. Thoughts on how high school athletes were treated for injuries now and in the past. And, Doc, I want to get into uh, some of this uh, subject as well. Are we seeing an increased incidence in youth sports-related injuries? Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, over the past several decades, uh, you've seen there's been a dramatic uh, rise in sports-related injuries, and part of it's been fueled by the significant increase in youth sports participation. But another major component um, is uh, the uh, significant increase uh, uh, in overuse type of injuries, and I'm sure uh, Dr. Joseph uh, uh, Bush Joseph uh, um, uh, sees all the time. And these are young athletes who are focused more on intense and repetitive, like specialized training. It's localized to uh, uh, to one sport, uh, and it's year-round. Um, and uh, that has definitely contributed to the numbers. You know, Dr. Bill, uh, let, me ask, let me ask you this then. When, when, did, when did your son Alexander cone down? Obviously, he's a very accomplished hockey player, and, and, and like Corey Cashel, they're really playing at a high level. And Steve and I have had this discussion off and on over the years on this show. Sure. When did when did Corey give to you that, that hockey was his game as Alexander? opposed to other things? Or, I'm sorry, that Alexander, Corey, in your case, Steve, would be interested in the same. Right, right. Go ahead, Bill. When he was younger, he did participate in sports like um, um, soccer. Uh, uh, we, we did get involved in, uh, in, in Little League and you know, one of the uh, uh, funny stories, uh, um, he was playing hockey at the time in his first uh, year in Little League. Uh, he's playing third base. And after the third inning, he comes back to the bench, and there's tears in his eye. And his mother says to Alexander, you know, Alexander, why are you upset? You know, why are you crying? He goes, 
I've been out here for three innings, and not once has any of the players passed me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, the um, uh, the I think he, he, he kind of coned in on hockey because soccer was not, uh, there wasn't a lot of goal scoring. Uh, it was more, it was a more, uh, uh, Team-oriented sport, even uh, at baseball at the uh, at, at the little league level. Although, of course, that changes with time. Um, and but we did encourage him to participate in different sports because, it, as, as you know, it does help with eye-hand coordination. Uh, and uh, um, I think it makes him a better hockey player by playing other sports. But he he settled on um, hockey because he loves the game. I go the same way. You know, my son, Corey, who plays with Alexander on the uh, Bantam AA uh, Chicago Hawks team um, that's going to Nationals, uh, my son used to play baseball, basketball, football, and hockey, and he's reduced it now to just hockey and baseball. He recently made the uh, Naperville Central uh, freshman team actually playing with the sophomores now, which is great uh, as a pitcher and first baseman. But um, uh, it's it's reduced to two. But you still, Dr. Chuck, as we talked about, if you can keep in the multiple sports for as long as you can, you really like that, don't you? You know, I, I do, Steve. And I think that if, if at, at age 14, 15, by that point, kids are well honed in on what they want to do. And so if you get them close to that high school age where they're still enjoying other things, even to a degree, even if it just takes them away from their given sport. And I'm sure Corey... He's happy. He can't wait to get back on the ice. Yes. And probably that's, that's, that's telling you then he's ready to go and you're ready to let him to specialize. I, I got a question of both of you guys. And yeah. Dr. Bill, obviously having played both high school and even a bit of collegiate hockey, how do you recognize with your son? When are you going to know when an Alexander has hit his peak? And that's a hard thing as a parent. Yeah. You know, we all think that our kids are, you know, have you know, high-level ability, whether it be D1 or even, God for you know, God willing professional, but that's that hard point at a, as a parent. And I'd be interested in when both you guys think, uh, you know, I, I, when do you say maybe this is as high as he's going to get? Yeah. Go ahead, Dr. Bill. Well, you know, um, you know, uh, players, um, are, are, are individuals, are kids, uh, uh, kids mature at different rates at, at different levels. Um, um, and, um, uh, I do think that uh, uh, the skill sets uh, um, are the same way. Uh, some are uh, uh, late inning ball players, so to speak. Uh, they come on. So, some some are naturally uh, talented. Some work hard. You know, it's a good question. The question is, when does he plateau? Um, you know, he's not really playing the game to uh, to become a professional athlete. Um, he's playing the game because he loves the game. He loves the competition. He loves the camaraderie. So I, uh, hopefully that'll never plateau. Um, you know, it all depends on your goals. Are your goals to become uh, the United States Olympic hockey player, uh, 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 play at the collegiate level, play in the National Hockey League? Or, or, are your goals uh, uh, to uh, have fun, get better, be competitive, meet a lot of, uh, of good people, um, um, and get a good workout. You know, Bill, I, I think I just, I want all our listeners here, that's the right answer. Because the right answer is, yeah, maybe you may, you may peak out at your competitive point at some point. And for me, 
You know, I my, my older brother skated and played hockey. I my dad gave up on it by the time I came up. But I played basketball well into my fifties, and not because I was quick or great or had any great aspirations. It was a wonderful workout. It was social. I enjoyed it. I loved it, and I played until my body wouldn't let me play anymore. And hopefully, Alexander and Corey get that same thrill. See, I, yeah, absolutely. Well, I see my son continue to improve. He's faster every year, and he's loving it more, and he's watching more hockey. So I remember when he started, he was the worst player on his team back in whatever, mites or whatever it was. And now to see him grow to, you know, out of um, house to travel and now at a double-A level and maybe a triple-A level in a year or two if he can, you know, and he wants to keep going. So I'm just going to ride it and say, hey, you know what? He loves it, and I'm never going to say you have to do something, But um, and I hope he keeps baseball in there too because I think it's important. I, I will tell you, and I think Bill would probably say the same, the kids know. The kids know at one point when they say, all right, I, I may be at my maximum competitive level. Now I'm going to eventually transition to my recreational level mm-hmm. where I'll get to play hockey recreationally uh, and have fun for the next 10, 15, 20, God, you know, God willing, 30 years. Uh, so I, 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 I'm sure for you, Bill, you're telling Alexander, you ride that horse as long as it'll run. Exactly. And I think both you guys make really good points. Um, and, and, and that, and I think that's the right attitude too. Um, you know, they're, they're young adults and, uh, um, you know, they're going to make their own decision anyways, but uh, it's fun that they're motivated. Uh, they're competitive. Um, and yeah, I want them to strive to be the best, uh, and encourage them to do so. Again, we're visiting with Dr. Bill Hadesman, orthopedic surgeon from Hadesman Orthopedics and Elmhurst, Steve Cashel, with Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph filling in this week for Dr. Brian Cole. We, uh, we're talking about our sons because Dr. Hadesman and my son play together double um, A hockey. And uh, I want to get back to a question here for uh, both doctors here, Dr. Hadesman and Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph. What steps could be taken, guys, to help prevent or decrease the risk of youth sports injuries? Dr. Bill, you go first. Well, you know, according to uh, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, more than half of sports injuries in children are preventable. Um, and, uh, and that's starting with proper training, conditioning, and equipment. The American Academy of Pediatrics actually has uh, tips for uh, uh, parents that they offer uh, uh, to help prevent, uh, 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 decrease the risk of, of, of sports-related injuries. Taking time off, giving the body time to rest, they recommend maybe a day a week, a month a year, using the right gear, appropriate proper fitting and protective equipment like uh, pads, helmets, mouthpieces, face and neck guards, of course, protective cups and eyewear. Sport-specific training and regular conditioning are, are, are essential. And, and the regular conditioning should start not during the season, but obviously well before the season. Um, Using proper techniques for the position that uh, a player uh, uh, plays is, is can be very helpful. You know, uh, Bill, I want to cut you in on that two point, and I think that's something that we always we've emphasized in this show, and and I do want our our parents to think about. I really can't speak enough about the quality of coaching and how important that is. You know, and, and I think as parents, we do have to evaluate who's going to be instructing my child, and and I got to have confidence in them because I I tell you. There's good coaching and bad coaching has good results and bad results. And, and I think that we need to make sure that we're, as parents, evaluating those who are instructing our, our athletes, especially if we're, you know, if, especially if they're getting to a higher level like this, where they're playing travel and higher leagues of hockey. 
that's so, so important. I think, and really that's sometimes the difference between frustration by our, by our young athletes and those who are excited and want to continue to play. Absolutely. We're fortunate with the, the Chicago Hawks double-A hockey team that we have, uh, Tom Whalen. We've got three other coaches that are just remarkable. One played at Notre Dame, Tyson Fraser, and uh, another one's a former Blackhawk, uh, Mikhail uh, Yakubov, and um, uh, Kevin as well. Just They do a, uh, a marvelous job. Wouldn't you say, Dr. Bill? Yes. In, in fact, the things that uh, we're just discussing, um, you know, they're, um, I think they're very attentive. They're very uh, astute, uh, and they're um, – and they practice what they preach because, uh, um, you know, all these steps could take uh, proper coaching is, is essential in recognizing um, all the different ways that, uh, you know, we can uh, prevent injuries. Um, and I agree with you. I mean, we're, we're fortunate to have uh, quality coaches. Um, and uh, I think it's very important, as Dr. Joseph uh, uh, stated, that at every level of play, particularly as uh, uh, the kids get older, contact sports, uh, it's even more essential. Good stuff. Doc, we're out of time. Appreciate uh, your help. And, uh, again, the Hadesman Orthopedics in Elmhurst is where Dr. Bill Hadesman uh, hangs his hat. And we've en- enjoyed the conversation. Dr. Bill, thanks for getting up with us this morning on a Saturday. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, I appreciate being with you guys. I really do. Thanks a lot. All right, we'll see you at Nationals uh, next weekend, Doc, for our sons uh, continuing on with their uh, their hockey careers. Let's take a break. Coming up next, our staple of the show, Ask the Doctor. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score. Hey, Dr. Cole, what are you eating? <laughs> actually, I'm having one of Karen Malkin's transformation bars, Steve, if you might ask. I've actually stocked up on these and keep them in my locker. It gets me through those long days of surgery. They're full of cashew butter. 11 grams of protein, so I want something that's rich in protein. Doesn't have uh, much in the way of, uh, if any, really in simple sugars. And it's got 12 grams of fiber, so we know how good that is, right? So it's super clean. I don't get that uh, post-glucose uh, uh, surge and get hypoglycemic when all my insulin goes crazy. So that keeps me awake. So it's been great through my uh, long days of surgery. I love it. And they're vegan and gluten-free, so no stomach issues. Can't be having that when you're operating, right? No, that's true. All right, why are they called transformation bars? Do you suddenly transform into a super <laughs> surgeon? No. Steve, I'm already there, okay? But no, but they do keep me going all day. So Karen specially designed these bars for her 14-day transformation challenges since other bars in the market didn't meet her standards. You just one-click order them from Amazon. Pretty sure they do transform you into a super surgeon. All you need is a cape. There you go, Steve. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Dr. Brian Cole and Steve Cashel on 670 The Score. Back here on this Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Charles Bush-Joseph filling in again this week for Dr. Brian Cole. And time now for the staple of the show, our Ask the Doctor segment. It's very easy. If you've got a question, even a topic that you want us to discuss uh, please feel free. Go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com, and on that home page, you go to the right side, and you'll see the picture of Dr. Brian Cole and myself, and just click on underneath our picture, and you can ask the doctor a question. We always get lots of good questions from our listeners, and first one, uh, Dr. Chuck, here we go. This comes from John, and you've got to explain who this person is, Is he talks about a specific doctor right here. What are your thoughts Dr. Charles Bush-Joseph, on Dr. Paletta's primary repair on elbow. You know, Steve, this is an interesting one. It's kind of come up over the past three to five years. And really, 
Dr. George Paletta, who's the head team physician of the St. Louis Cardinals, has published on it recently. Although, actually, one of our team physicians, Dr. Jeff Dugas, uh, down in Birmingham, Alabama, is actually really one of the guys who, who, uh, who developed this technique. And really what we're finding that in professional athletes, and certainly high-level college athletes, when we, they injure their ulnar collateral ligament, or their Tommy John ligament, as we call it, we have to replace it because the ligament is usually damaged, it's not repairable, and it's a long recovery. And so you hear about our athletes, certainly in, on a major league level, are out anywhere from 12 to 15 months. What we found out over the past couple of years, and newer evidence by Dr. Paletta kind of confirms this, is that in younger, healthy athletes, usually high school age, if they have an acute traumatic injury and they tear their ulnar collateral ligament while pitching, usually in a baseball game or in practice, that we don't have to always replace it. We can just repair it. And instead of a 12 to 15-month recovery, we're getting these kids back really throwing and even competing at about five to seven months. Wow. Now, we're not sure how this would hold up in, in the long-term scheme, and so certainly on a high-level Division One or professional athletes, we're still doing reconstruction. But this is really the, the treatment of choice now for these younger athletes that want to play their senior season or even play some Division Two or Division Three college ball. That's interesting stuff. So this uh, this doc has his uh, own name. Have you done any of those? I mean, yeah, I do quite a bit of you know. I probably do right? uh, ten to fifteen, uh, probably this spring. Sometimes uh, we're unfortunately entering the baseball uh, time of the year with all you know with the with spring and everybody's high school seasons are up and running. Uh, this is the time the kids get hurt. All right. So what's again the determination between doing the full blown Tommy John surgery and then just the repair? It's two factors. Number one, it's the age of the patient. They're younger. They have better healing capacity. But most importantly is the nature and quality of the ligament. So if we had an acute injury on a previously normal elbow, yeah. those ones we just repair. If the, if, if the young athlete says, you know, I've had a sore elbow for six to nine months and now I just can't throw at all. It's really gone. Those are the kids where the ligament, the tissue's poor, and we actually have to do a replacement or a full Tommy John. How's the repair done then surgically? It's, it's pretty similarly surger, surgically. You know, it still requires an incision. It's an outpatient operation. It's just everything's accelerated. The rehab, instead of having to wait four months before we even allow the athletes to start playing catch, we can let them start playing catch at two and a half, three months. So uh, it's a healing process as opposed to a replacement process. So the blood supply to the tissue is inherently better, uh, and just it's a better healing potential. Okay, one other question on this. Uh, a, guy like, a guy like Kopech, okay, you did the full blown-out, right, UCL, Tommy John surgery. On the professional athletes, would you consider the repair? Or for a young guy like that who's going to be a star, it's better to do the t- full Tommy John. We're going to do the full Tommy John. In, 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 a, in a player like Michael at that level, we're looking for the most durable solution. And so uh, we think that there's really nothing better than a full-blown Tommy John or replacement. Again, this goes back to high school kids. I just I want to get back to my senior season. You know, it's my last chance of playing competitive ball. After that, I'm going to move into my, you know, to my men's league or softball season. So, uh, again, for the acute young athlete, this is really a good solution nowadays. Great stuff. All right, question two here comes from Dave in Lincoln Park. With so many conference tournaments taking place right before the NCAA tournament, we had those a couple weeks ago. What are your thoughts, Doc, regarding these young athletes playing so many back-to-back games within a 10-day span? Really, uh, I mean, some of these tournaments... These teams, some of these teams might play five games, right? If you keep winning and you start it on Wednesday. Well, now that we're into the uh, you know to the to the big dance in the NCAA, we're past the 
the the tournament, uh, the conference tournaments. But I think what you see is, yeah, the injury rate is higher for these kids. And and I, I remember I'm a Big Ten fan because I grew up and went to Big Ten schools. You know, watching the teams that played those multiple games, they had to play that Wednesday Thursday game before they played the Friday Saturday game. Those guys are just running out of gas, and so certainly their overuse injuries, if they had them. Uh, we're, we're, we're sort of acting up on them. They're losing some of their hops or jumps. Uh, but more importantly, which like we know in a lot of younger athletes, fatigue does raise the risk of acute injury. So there's a chance that all these players and their coaches and trainers are taking. But by the same token, if this is your opportunity to play in the big dance, you're going to take that chance. Absolutely. What are the biggest um, concerns? What are the challenges? What what injuries pop up? I know I know Dr. Cole and I have talked about this, the fatigue factor, right? More ACLs are torn in the fourth quarter, and that makes sense, right? I mean, remember Derek Rose's, right? Well, how much? You two minutes to go in the game or something? Two minutes left in the game. And and unfortunately, what, what a change of course of history that actually led to. You know, for most of the athletes, yes, as they as they fatigue, instead of landing down with their with their knees flexed and good body position they're coming down more on a straight leg a lot more you see guys coming down and they off a jump and they're landing on another player's foot and they roll in their ankle hard usually because just those supporting muscles are fatigued and don't react quite as fast or as quickly so again you know that, that kind of goes back to our younger athletes certainly our high school and our, our junior high athletes we have to as coaches recognize that these kids are not infatigable and that there are times we have to give them rest, uh, really for their safety as much as anything else. That's Dr. Charles Bush-Joseph, the orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, filling in this week for Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Chuck was a longtime head team physician with the Chicago White Sox, still works works with the White Sox and, of course, the Chicago Bulls. I'm Steve Cashel. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly and our Ask the Doctor segment. Again, if you want to get involved, go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com, click on the homepage, and underneath the picture of Dr. Brian Cole on the right side of that homepage, you can click on that link and ask the doctor a question. Our question three, Doc, in this segment, do you recommend, and please Explain what this is, because I know what it is, but you can explain it better than I can. Chondroitin for achy joints. Do you recommend chondroitin for achy joints? You know, Steve, I I think um, I do, and and I'll tell you why. You know, uh, chondroitin and glucosamine, they generally comes together. And so when you see all these supplements uh, over-the-counter, and they're generally, it's an over-the-counter. You can get them at Sam's or Costco's or or Walgreens or anywhere. Uh, Glucosamine and chondroitin are two essential elements that the body produces naturally itself to help nourish cartilage. And so the thought process, it goes back to the old Linus Pauling theory that, well, I, vitamin C helps me fight off viruses and colds. So if I take massive amounts of vitamin C, that I'm increasing my resistance and lowering those episodes of cold and flu. Well, unfortunately, the science doesn't really bear it out. And if you look at a high level of ev- evidence, taking glucosamine and chondroitin supplements, really there's not strong proof that it that it really helps or that it actually certainly does not regrow cartilage. But if you look at large population studies, like in Europe where they take 3,000 patients who have arthritis and they've got sore joints and they take glucosamine and chondroitin supplements, probably about 50% of those patients feel improved, have better quality of life and better activity scores. Now, half of that may be biologic effect, half of it may be placebo. So, what we don't know, but what we do in practice, or what I do in practice, I tell everybody, yeah, it's worth a try. 
You know, there's very little downside to taking these types of natural supplements, especially glucosamine and chondroitin. And you got to take them for anywhere from four to six weeks. Usually it says two or three capsules once or twice a day uh, to really know whether you're getting benefit. And surprisingly, a number of patients say yes. And some patients say, no, doc, I took it for six weeks and I stopped and I didn't feel any difference. So uh, I think it's really worth a shot. There's no downside to it because it is, quote, a supplement as opposed to a drug. Uh, so uh, I think if you're arthritic or you got chronic achy joints, uh, take a swing at it. What are we looking for in ingredients? Anything jump out? I mean, are all those companies that making chondroitin and... Uh, glucosamine. Glucosamine. Yeah, I, I would are say they that, the same? You know, you, there are varying manufacturers with varying quality. Uh, as long as it has glucosamine and chondroitin and you think it's from a reputable manufacturer, that's what it needs. Now, several of the brand companies try to differentiate themselves by one adds a little magnesium, one adds a little vitamin E. There's things that they do to differentiate themselves in the market. But as long as it's got glucosamine and chondroitin, those are the essential elements you're looking for for joint health. All right, final question from our Ask the Doctor segment. What are nightshades? You know, nightshades is a vegetable. It's a whole class of vegetables. Usually includes uh, tomatoes and uh, peppers, red peppers, uh, 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 egg, eggplant parmesan. Those are all nightshade uh, type uh, type vegetables. And uh, nightshades generally have a uh, a single compound called salicinine, which is a sort of a uh, you know a chemical that some people think, or there's some uh, I hate to say old wives' tales that nightshade vegetables can aggravate or propagate arthritic problems, especially patients with autoimmune disease. Generally, that's not the case. Most people that have problems with nightshades usually have food sensitivities, and nightshades actually can cause considerable problems. I, and I'll go to my wife. My wife, Vicki, was one of them. She, she loved tomatoes. We ate tomatoes like crazy. We had a garden in our, in our backyard, and she breastfed, and our first two kids just screamed and screamed and screamed. And she figured out, I better stop e eating tomatoes. And our third child had no problems. And so that's actually a pretty common response. Most people that have problems with nightshades, usually it's due to food sensitivity. And if you're having medical ill issues, whether it be uh, gluten-free or all these other types of uh, diets that many of our experts on this program have advocated, uh, nightshades is one of, those, uh, one of those food classes that you're going to sort of trial in and out on. Great stuff. Dr. Charles Bush Joseph filling in this week for Dr. Brian Cole. Great to see you, Dr. Chuck. Thanks so much for your help. Steve, always a pleasure to be here on a Saturday morning. Appreciate it. Our producer, Shane Reardon, our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. Many thanks to David Cole for running our website and our business operations. Also, Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Chuck, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks so much for listening to us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Be back with you again next Saturday, 8 a.m. for another edition. Coming up next, it's Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Talk with you again next week for Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score. You've been listening to Sports Medicine Weekly, heard every Saturday morning at 8 with Dr. Brian Cole and Steve Cashel, only on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station.